This is the CouchNap Podcast. Hi, welcome to Tim's Weekly Playlist, the podcast where I make a playlist. Except for this week, where I didn't actually make the playlist. Let me explain. So, my friend Barry, every year, makes what has normally been a mixed CD of his favourite songs from the previous year. This is the first year we've managed to bring him into the modern age and he made a playlist, which is on Spotify. So I decided it'd be really cool to talk to him about what his favourite songs of 2018 were. Now, normally the playlist that's on the podcast is five songs long, but because Barry always aims to make it the length of a CD, this week, 21 songs. So um, it's a little bit longer this week uh, and it's we are going through each track quite rapidly. We're not going to be playing any of them. Barry's talking about uh, his views on them and he's got some really interesting thoughts about music as well. Uh, he's a great guy to chat to about music, which is why I wanted to have him on the podcast. So just a few usual things to cover before we get into that. Um, this week, if you want to contact us, get in touch on Twitter, Instagram, we have Facebook as well, uh, or you can email us at timsweeklyplaylist at gmail.com. Uh, we have a website as well, couchnap.com. So on there you can check out not just the podcast, but any podcast extras. So it's got all of the playlists going right back to episode one. And uh, there's also a few extra things on the website, a few other creative projects we've been involved in. So it's worth having a look at. But for now, just enjoy this slightly longer episode of the podcast, which is Barry's Best of 2018. Hey Barry, how's it going? Not bad, here. Good, eh? Good. Thanks for doing this. It's a pleasure to be here, Tim. So, uh, you make a playlist every year, but a playlist is probably a new term for it, right? A uh, playlist is a very new term for it. I make a CD every year, Yeah, but... You know, gradually over time, people don't have CD players anymore. I don't. Uh, yeah, and you're basically the reason why I had to <laughs> accept the inevitable and move into the digital age. Um, yeah, at the end of every year, I put together basically Bazzy's best tunes of the year because I think that my choices are essentially what people should be listening to. <laughs> yes, this is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I feel as though there's there's an educational side to it that I'm. I'm taking what's possibly obscure, what people haven't heard on mainstream radio, and letting people hear it, educating them as to what, like I say, they should be listening to. Nice. Yes, nice. I like that. Has it ever been a cassette? Has it been going that long? No. Um, I, don't get me wrong, I've made many, many mixtapes. Yeah, because I've people. made like actual cassettes when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, and back in the day, I would have made tapes that come partly from other tapes and partly from records. Yeah. Um, I used to record off the radio. And I was going to say partly from stuff taped off the radio, so you try and pause the yep. the DJ's voice as it comes in at the end. Yeah. And you end up with a wee squeaky bit at the end of the song where you press pause and it's actually slightly fast forwarded a wee bit. <laughs> um, oh, so much of that. Oh, yeah. Aye. And then, of course, you'd get the scratching of the record on the next one. Um, <laughs> but no, in terms of doing this, it's all. It probably started in the mid 2000s, so it's always really been on CD. Cool. Uh, so you do it because you want to educate people, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are you happy with the move to streaming? Because this is the first year no. it's been on like a streaming service. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't seem happy. With I, I I don't. Um, the thing is, I, I moved companies that I worked for in twenty sixteen, um, and therefore I had a whole new batch of people to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, where I had worked previously, there were 
a few a few like like minded individuals who still burn CDs for people and listen to things on CD. Well, in twenty sixteen, I was as well. Yeah, I hadn't moved at that point. Aye. Aye, so I think passage of time and then the move to the the new place. I think just all kind of merged into one horrible thing where I had to accept, like I say, the inevitable and just think, well, okay, I'm going to have to put this online for people to listen to. But the thing yep. is, if you do that, though, you don't know if people have actually listened to it or no. If you give them a CD, That's they, true. you can then sort of question them on it. And well, you can still question them. Yeah, I suppose, but it's not the same. Is it? I think you'll get there because I was at first I was like no but physical seed, like a physical piece of music is important and it's taken me a while and yeah streaming means that I just listen to everything all the time and it's awesome but, okay if you say so yeah you might get there you might not when we do this this uh, podcast in three years time I might be saying oh yeah I'm all over streaming yeah possibly uh, yeah. I, I, I would like to make this an annual thing because uh, like your chat about <laughs> your music always cracks me up at work so yeah <laughs> I'm looking forward to this Right, so your playlist of 21 tracks. Yeah. And I I will say I've kept it to CD length. Nice. Just in case somebody wanted it on CD, I've kept it to, I think, 1 hour 18 minutes. I love your, like, the detail, like, that goes into thinking about this. Oh, yeah, and I I will say as well, when I put it on CD, I mean, the, the, the streaming service that I put it on, I just basically took the songs and put them on there. When I put it on a CD, I order it. You know, I make sure that the opening track is an opening track and has some sort of impact at the beginning well I didn't shuffle it for that very reason because I knew that you would have put the thought in well not so much when I was doing it on streaming service yeah. but am I allowed to mention the streaming service ah, yeah. ah, okay. I, I it's, it's on Spotify um, yeah. so I just basically took them in the order I could remember them for that but when putting them onto a CD for people to listen to I'd put them in a specific order based cool. on you know if the the end of the last track would run into the start of the next you one you got to think about these things you, you do you absolutely mm-hmm. do you're, you're creating an album for somebody to listen to and you exactly. need to act as a producer basically don't you this, this is good this is, <laughs> this is the level of detail I like about playlists <laughs> right I worked out we've got roughly two minutes per track to talk about is that all uh, we'll give some a bit more time because yeah. I know there's a few you'll want to talk about and there's yeah. a few that we can probably just be like aye that's fine aye uh, cool so track one it was by Peace. It was called Power. I'd never heard it. Okay. You have now, presumably. I have now, yeah. You have now. Um, Peace is a band that I've liked for quite a while. Um, and one of the reasons that I like them is that there's a lot of wah-wah guitar going yeah. on in a lot of their stuff. And you don't hear that an awful lot these days. Um, it's hard to find, if you like, within the mainstream, mm-hmm. an indie band that use wah-wah guitars to the extent that Peace do. Um, and I'd been slightly disappointed. I'd heard two songs off their, their current record and been a bit disappointed that they were okay but a bit bland. Mm-hmm. It sounded to me like a band that had had the stuffing knocked out of them a wee bit. Okay. Maybe run out of ideas. Um, and so when I heard that, I was delighted. I was ab- absolutely delighted that it was them. I heard it before I knew it was them. Mm-hmm. I thought it sounded like them. And when I looked into it, I realised it was them and I was actually punching the air. Yes! They're still doing wah-wah guitar. <laughs> There's uh, a couple of tracks uh, that come later on that I felt were a little bit boring. This is not one of them. Okay. Absolutely not boring. It felt like it could have been released 10, 15 years ago for me. Uh, I'd, I'd possibly go back to the early 90s as well. Yeah. Say it could have yeah. been then. It was like really English indie feeling. And yeah. it reminded me of MGMT, but without the synth. I was going to say the nose electronic yeah, as MGMT. His voice, I think, was what was hitting that. Ah, I'd, I'd, I would go along with that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed this one. That's that's good. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah. Right. Track two. The Charlatans. Totally eclipsing. Whoa. 
I'm gonna let you go on this. I'm, I'm in middle age, as you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know the Charlottes are a band who, when I was at the stage of you know developing my tastes, they were there. They were good for me at the time. I'm sure I was good for them too. <laughs> um, totally eclipsing is a strange one. Um, because the first time I heard that, I thought it, it did nothing for me whatsoever the first time I heard it. And probably yeah. the second and third times as well. Um, and I've spent a lot of time, I'm going to go way over my time on this one. I've spent a lot of time analysing the, the reasons why I actually like songs. I've, I've spent time thinking, why do I like that song more than that song? Mm-hmm. And I've actually done some investigation in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've found various things that go on in songs that you maybe don't notice at first that, that actually attract me to songs kind of subconsciously. I, I can tell they're there without necessarily being aware of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and Totally Eclipsing is one of those because having done a bit of analysis on that, there's a verse and then a chorus. Mm-hmm. And then there's no other verse after that. There's another two choruses. And there's a bit where there's basically yeah. very little in the way of music and there are vocals, but it's not on the same melody as the initial verse. Yeah. The instrumental piece goes along the same lines as what the verse did. And I think that might be something that actually brings me back to it, the fact that it's not in a standard format of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah. There are changes all the way along that are quite subtle, Mm -hmm. but that's probably what draws me back to it. Um, I'm getting the feeling you're going to say this is one of the ones you found a bit dull. Uh, no, no, it wasn't actually. Um, so this is a band I've heard of for a long, long time. Yeah, but I haven't really listened to because it it's not, it's not a genre that I'm totally into. So I had, there was a few things I wanted to ask you about them. Of course, yeah. Have they progressed much since the kind of mid two thousands when I first heard of them? Oh, the mid two thousands, <laughs> early two thousands, uh, probably actually. Well, I mean, I was going to say they've been been going since the late eighties. Oh, okay, um, I think <laughs> I the, heard of them early two. I think the debut album came out in nineteen ninety. Things like the only one I know, which you probably all have heard of. You, you'd know it if you heard it. That was yeah. about nineteen ninety or ninety one, um, and it was very what was on vogue at the time, which was kind of indie dance. That it was organ led rather than guitar there'd be guitar in it mm-hmm. but it'd be mostly organ led um, but about 96-ish their organ player was killed in a car crash Okay. and they brought somebody else in but I think from then on there's been a conscious effort to kind of downplay the organ side of things Okay. probably because of that the guitar seems to have been the lead instrument since then um, progression as a band not massively I don't think um, I didn't they sound much as they did I back thought then. that was probably the case yeah. but that's not that's not exactly going to lose them fans no so, it's not but it's, it's not going to win them any new fans either but probably I think not. like I say when I heard that I kind of thought it's just another Charlatan song it's okay um, yeah. but those wee tweaks in there have actually drawn me back to it to the point where I think it's worthy of inclusion fair enough CD the other question I had about this is the lyric, and there was a few other lyrics as well in the chorus, but the lyric in the chorus of This Is Our Time Again seems a little bit ironic. Uh, are they self-aware enough to know that that's ironic? <laughs> I would think so. Good. Um, I would hope <laughs> I thought so. They probably I would hope so be. anyway. I, yeah. I can't imagine Tim Burgess thinking that they're suddenly going to throw this out and it's going to be number two in the charts and mm. I was going to say going, going to be on top of the pops. Top of the pops doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> nah. um, <laughs> they're going to be invited back onto later with Jules Holland um, no I, th- I think they must be aware that's not going to happen anymore but they're the kind yeah. of band now who can 
announce a show at the bars and sell it out in 10 minutes yeah and they can live off that for the rest of their careers oh, I would think that's that's a decent place to be yeah right track 3 The Fratellis I've Been Blind <sighs> do you want to start on this? Um, this is better than I remember them um, the likewise one, yeah so Chelsea Dagger was annoying yes agreed and then everything else that I heard back in the day was bland yep agreed. that was 2006 Yep, when they were big with Chelsea yep, Dagger. Yeah, Chelsea Dagger was 2006, yep. I Liam quite like this. I, and I was surprised at myself that I like this. I do too, and I I don't want to like it. Yeah. Um, I think When I saw you had put a Fratelli's track on, I was uh, like, bad. I think we're actually I think we're actually kindred spirits on this one, because yeah. I, for the longest time, wanted not to like the Fratelli's, and was quite comfortable with the output that they had given, that I didn't really like them. Yeah. But so many people were telling me, oh, they're Scottish and they're an indie band, you're Scottish and you like indie bands, so you should like them. Nah. And it's like, well, I'm wet, 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 we're Scottish, but I'm not going to like them because they're Scottish. This, they hit a really similar thing to Franz Ferdinand for me. They're a Scottish uh, indie band, but I think oh, Franz Ferdinand are genuinely awful. I think Franz Ferdinand are genuinely awful. They're also not Scottish, which is I the thing that a lot of people miss. They started uh, in Glasgow. They uh, formed I in Glasgow, I but know they're that. not Scottish. Yeah. I know, but I, I don't think there's a single member who's entirely Scottish, is there? Yeah, probably not. Alex might have been... Half Scottish, half maybe. Scottish, and half Greek, think, or something like that. I think they met at Glasgow Uni, though. Aye, I think they, they did. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if that classes them as a Scottish band for me. You see all these things on the telly where they're doing the greatest Scottish album ever, and they try and throw Franz Ferdinand yeah. in there, and it's always nah, nah, nah. They're, they're not Scottish. They're also not good enough to be on Agreed. such an album. Yeah. But uh, going back to the Fratellis, yeah. I, I surprised myself with this mm-hmm. uh, when I found it. It was one of these things that I thought, oh, the Fratellis, I don't want to like this. And I actually, against my better judgment, I found myself enjoying it and thinking I'm going to have to listen to that again to try and make myself not like it. Yeah. And it didn't happen. I just seemed to like it more and more. I think the way the drums come in at the chorus and yeah. really bash away, um, I I like it. It's, I thought it was pretty cool. It's quite yeah. Um, almost poppy and a bit mainstream, but I I like it. It's a good song. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on there, of course. Yeah. I feel like it's progressed as well. Like. The the kind of indie that was being released in two thousand six is different from now. Yeah, and it's doing well, I think, because it's similar to bands like the nineteen seventy five, and nineteen seventy five are absolutely like huge at the moment. They are. So yeah, I think they've kept up, which we can't say that about all the bands on the playlist, <laughs> like, like the Charlottes, <laughs> like the Charlottes, and that actually moves us nicely on <laughs> <laughs> to the next track. Uh, Swede Life is Golden yeah um, I feel like you've got a lot to say about Swede I have a lot to say about Swede (laughs) Swede for me are two bands okay Um, there's the one that made the first two albums where Bernard Butler was a guitarist and in that period there's two albums and a single in between called Stay Together Mm -hmm. which for me are some of the most important musical statements in the history of British music now you know how I feel about music Yeah. you know how important a statement like that is to me I would not say something like that lightly yeah Swede's first two albums are as powerful and as emotional as anything I've ever heard um they sounded like a band that could add because I've not listened to them I've hardly listened to them at all but they sounded like a band who could release an album like you're describing so I'm I'm not going back and listening to that yeah the, the the difference now is that Bernard Butler the guitarist who 
he he left and while they were finishing their second album, while they were at the production stage, mm-hmm. um, because he basically wanted everything, every element, every aspect to sound the way he wanted it to. Okay. And gradually, one by one, he fell out with other members of the band because, in his eyes, they weren't doing their jobs properly. Okay. To meet with his vision of how the album should sound. He sounds like fun. Aye. Um, so <laughs> so he left. They got a new guitarist in, and it's it's funny when when bands change singer. I think people instantly recognise that it's like a different entity, but when a guitarist leaves and is replaced, it's not necessarily the same thing. Suede actually won a lot of fans off their next record, which was a bit more mainstream. Um, And don't get me wrong, it's a good record. Mm -hmm. I I really like it. But I I have to class it as two different bands because Bernard Butler was the driving force behind the sound of the first two albums. And with that gone, the sound that comes in is different. Now, having said that, they, they kind of split up in about 2004 and got back together without anybody noticing in about 2012. And this is the third album they've put out since they got back together. When I say got back together, I mean with the second yeah. um, version of the band, with Richard Oakes on guitar. Um, and I think the current album that they've put out is easily the best of the three that they've done since they got back together. Okay. And this is the standout track on it for me. Um, so I've spent the whole time kind of rubbishing post Bernard Butler Suede, but I actually do really <laughs> like most of the stuff they've done. Cool. And this, it just it sounds a wee bit. It might sound ridiculous to say it, it sounds a bit anthemic. And I think had they released something like this at the time in the mid nineties, it would probably have been huge. Obviously, nobody's going to pay a blind bit of notice of it now. I think you're right about that. Absolutely. Yes. For me, this felt a bit bland. This yeah, I, I thought I thought that might. Be um, this case. felt like. Uh, do you remember the band Codaline? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But they had songs that that they had the same tempo, the same uh, nuance to the beat. Yeah. Uh, that this song had, and that for me gave it that just kind of almost rock drudgery. That yeah. I was like, I can mm-hmm. like I've I've played in so many bands that are doing that, and like I want to kill myself when I'm playing <laughs> it. So like it, it's not really what I'm into anymore. But um, I think for the drummer, it's probably quite a dull one to to play along to. There are much more exciting Swede songs going down through the years. Yeah. But what I will say is that much of what attracted me to their first two albums mm-hmm. is at that sort of pace. But I agree, this is not of the level that anything on the first two albums is so. that sort of pace can be done well yeah, I'm not saying I, it's all bad so yeah, yeah I, I think I should go back and listen to their first albums um, what happens in the bridge of this song like lyrically like the vocal oh, melody no, like, don't, don't talk to me about the lyrics the lyrics are dreadful okay because um, the, the vocal melody completely loses its way and it's like he just gives up on the vocal melody and goes I'm just going to say the next couple of lines y- yeah it's like, right. did you hire Paul Simon for that or something like what's happening there no I think I'm going to get slated for slating Paul Simon but. oh no I'll happily allow you to slate Paul Simon Amy loves Paul Simon <laughs> listen I love Simon and Garfunkel but a lot of Paul Simon's solo material is you can't write a vocal melody in my opinion and that annoys me. Well, you see, the thing is, I'm coming for the the viewpoint that as a, a teenager, I was a Bob Dylan fan. Mm-hmm. I, was, I used to be described as sort of 16 going on 60. Um, <laughs> and so vocal melodies don't actually matter that much to me. Fair. However, yeah. I am, I'm going to mention, I was going to say vocals and lyrics matter a lot less to me than the actual music. Yeah. It's the music that gets me generally. I'm with you on that, yeah. But, I'm going to mention a couple of things later on where actually I'm going to completely contradict that <laughs> and mention 
lyrics that do actually quite impress me. You fit in really well on this podcast. I say things all the time that contradict what I said like within the same episode or the week before. Human so. beings are walking contradictions, yeah. aren't they? And what, <laughs> what attracts you to one thing might not attract you to something else, even though yeah. it's exactly the same. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on for Swede. If you, I think that's, it's yeah, quite yeah, good, but fine. nothing on the early stuff. But I can see why somebody would listen to it and not get anything from it. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it was a bit bland for me. Okay. Next one is Black Rebel Motorcycle Club carried from the start this is cool ah, you, I love Black Rebel Motorcycle Club I mean I'm, I've got a big cheesy smile on my face just even thinking about them Yeah, um, they're one of these bands that have never ever 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 been popular and they're never ever 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 going to be popular they're not unpopular though they're always around I think they, they have their fan base which I don't think is ever going to change Probably. I think regardless yeah. of what they put out their fan base is going to like it because yeah. they keep the elements that are core to what made their original sound popular with the people who like yep. them I think they're one of these bands so the people who like them really like them and the people who don't just don't understand it that, that's, that's my right, take yeah. on it um, and I just I've got a thing for for songs generally that have a build up you know they start very quietly mm-hmm. and not necessarily in a grungy type we have a loud chorus but build up to something whereby the amount of echo on it is such that you probably need to take some paracetamol after you listen to it <laughs> especially if you listen to it with headphones on it's just yep. a constant shh yep. um, and I love that I think that's great, it's total shoegaze if it, you're familiar with the term I love shoegaze oh, there, so, you, there you go um, it does the like. It, they just always get this kind of dark atmospheric feel yeah. to whatever they do it's just, it's so cool it is, it like, is I'll, cool Yeah. and they've done an almost entirely acoustic album in the mid 2000s as well which mm-hmm. was very bluesy and mm-hmm. it's just fantastic it's very Led Zeppelin 3 yeah. if that means anything to you it does um, yeah. it's, I just think they're a great band and every album they put out I find yeah. many many gems on it and this is just another shining example for me I've not actually listened to this new album yet but I will yeah. uh, this was the first track I turned off I was delighted I thought it was great yeah yeah. right the next one is Soak Everybody Loves You yeah I hadn't heard of Soak before nor, nor had I until maybe two months ago okay. when I heard this track um, and that's the great thing I'll, I'll go through other people's playlists at times of supposed indie rock and indie pop songs mm. and just rock songs and find things I'll, I'll find maybe a hundred songs I'll listen to them and discard 95 of them immediately mm-hmm. but it's worth going through that pain to find the five that are actually good Definitely. Yeah. and this is one such song that it just it hit me straight away that I'm going to really like this mm-hmm. it's also I would say there are a few songs on here that might come into this category I think looking at your list the next couple are going to be in the same boat yes. it's part of my positive discrimination campaign because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a while back if you can imagine my house when I was a teenager hundreds upon hundreds of CDs Yeah, I, I had two bookshelves that were just there were no books on them it was just CDs yeah. um, and I used to put them in order of how I liked the bands Okay, um, that's really tricky for everyone else, but yeah, fair enough. Okay, yep. Um, so I, I'd, I'd have the Stone Roses, Led Zeppelin, etc., quite near the top, and then I'd work my way down. And yeah. it was commented on. Bad, it was commented on to me at one point that I didn't have many female-fronted bands in my collection, um, and I was actually accused of sexism for my music taste. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, there wasn't a huge amount of female-led 
bands back then that there, were actually doing that well. There wasn't within the, particularly within the genres that I would associate myself with. Yeah. It, it, it is very male orientated, I think, mm-hmm. um, and so that it's not necessarily something that I deliberately chose. I'm not going to listen to female vocalists. I mean, I had Echo Belly albums, I had Sleeper albums. You're nodding your head as if you know who these bands are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'll be honest I, I, <laughs> but um, I had a Catatonia album I know them yeah, yeah okay um, but it was the first one it was before Mulder and Scully soiled things for me um, <laughs> I really like that ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I, li- I liked uh, Lost Cat and you've got a lot to answer for but that, they were first album anyway um, <laughs> okay. so I did have the occasional thing that was female fronted but I don't know ever since then I've been kind of mindful that I should try and find female fronted acts that I, I quite like um, and so when I hear a female voice I do think oh positive discrimination time <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad this is something that you're talking about uh, it does affect the next few songs the next few songs on the playlist but it's something that I've talked about quite a bit as well because a lot of the genre that I listen to at the moment is female vocals yeah um, which hasn't been the case as I've been growing up yeah but recently like my favourite artists just now are Maggie Rogers whose album comes out on Friday I actually oh. can't wait yep. debut album um, King Princess mm-hmm. like these kind of alt pop acts and then like I've, I'm comparing this Soak track to Will Fallis oh yeah kind of yep. mm-hmm. dreamy alt pop stuff um, there's bands like Dizzy um, all female vocals mm-hmm. all doing incredibly well and that's I think where the main progression in music is at the moment yeah I agree I agree there's been so, a, a big shift yeah. I think um, and you do see a lot more even female solo artists or you mentioned a couple there as well yeah um, I think if you've not listened to Maggie Rogers on Friday listen to her <laughs> album because I'm telling everybody that because I'm, I'm a bit I'd either obsessed. have to go and buy it on Friday or I'd have to well, find some way to, to stream it I'd, I have Spotify for the purpose of making this list <laughs> Barry, you have Spotify. <laughs> Just listen to the album on Spotify. I've never listened to anything on Spotify. And Maggie I've, Rogers would be a great start. I feel like I'd be <laughs> doing something that I shouldn't, and somebody might catch me doing it. She she would be grateful for the extra streams, you know? Right, okay. She is making money from that. Do, do streams make people money? Uh, not a huge amount, but yes. But yeah, okay. In that um, case, I'll think about it. Yeah, they do, but... They, they should make people more, but to be honest, they don't make Spotify enough to... Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Okay. It's why bands tour more nowadays. Yeah, so I'm not they make the money from touring. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that's why concert tickets used to be a fiver and now they're 50 quid. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing I will say quickly about this song is that yeah. halfway through it changes completely. Her... her, <laughs> her yeah. Yeah. Her take on what's going on, which is everybody loves you except me changes to everybody loves you and I do too you feel that change you, you feel the change musically as well because it Absolutely. changes from something a bit empty and cold almost to something that's quite warm and almost dusty Springfield-esque which is funny because I really enjoyed the empty cold section then when it changed I was like so uh, this isn't this isn't so much to feel that I like but I, it made so much sense I was kind of the same at first but then when I listened to the lyrics and I, I put it with that the change in the music I yep. thought that actually worked quite well I preferred the kind of empty cold yeah. isolated bit at the start um, but I think it worked well the change of music along with the change of emphasis in the lyrics yeah. as well I think it works quite well and it, uh, yeah it's just a good song I think it's especially what you're talking about there the way that she changes it I think it's really accomplished songwriting yeah it's it's good stuff I think Amy's really going to like this yeah because yeah, this is a genre that she's really into she really likes Will Fallis right um, I'm 
kind of neutral on Will Fallis. They have a couple of good songs, but I think this is Amy's kind of thing. So the next one is actually similar kind of stuff. Pale Waves, One More Time. Yeah. Uh, there's there's probably a couple of Pale Waves songs that I could have chosen, but like I should have set out at the start, one of the preconditions for the, the CD, the annual CD, mm-hmm. is that it's one song per artist. Um, yeah. I don't want to clog it up with too many from from the same artist. You end up with something that's quite samey, and you're as well just giving somebody the Johnny Marr album and saying, "There you go, mate." I'm a wee bit guilty of that with Mikey Rogers recently. Like every time I make a playlist, I'm like, "And for Mikey Rogers songs." Ah, right. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I, but for my, I, I would I would do that with making somebody a mixtape. I think yeah, yeah, put more okay. than one. Yeah. But when I'm doing my end of year thing, it has to be one song per artist. So that's a fair. Like I say, there's a few Pale Wave songs I could have chosen. I went and the next band that we're going to move on to, Win Young, mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's the same with them. There's a couple, but one more time is just a a good sort of electro indie pop yeah. song, really. Yeah. Um, and it actually reminds me of a, a song by a band called Metric, who you're probably familiar. You're not familiar with Metric. I'm, not, I'm quite no. surprised at that. They're they're maybe a bit more electro than pop. Okay. Uh, which would generally mean that I wouldn't be that into them. But they had a song called Gimme Sympathy a few years ago that is very similar to this. And it's cool. it's not so similar that I would think it's ripped off from it, mm-hmm. but it's similar enough to make me think it's a great song. And it's it's just it's one of these sort of poppy tunes that kinda of makes you smile when it comes on. Yeah. Which I generally wouldn't like. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised <laughs> that you like it. But I, yeah. uh, but I well, actually I put this on a, a CD for the car and my wife immediately said to me, Is this your song? <laughs> It was like, of course it's my song. Yeah. It doesn't sound like your song. It's too upbeat and happy and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I actually think this is one of the weaker ones off the album because I, I heard of Pale Waves through your playlist, like this playlist, yeah, and through a different source, I can't remember, somewhere on Spotify possibly, yeah, uh, in the, like within a few days of each other. Uh, it was like that Peter Meinhof thing, like you hear it once, then you start hearing it. <laughs> yeah, again. you hear it everywhere. Yeah, and I was like, "This is good stuff." So I went away and listened to the album a couple of times. The album's uh, great. Yeah, it's really, really good. But I think I I've thought... only heard three off the album, so that's maybe why I was restricted in terms okay. of my uh, choice. Some of the earlier ones in the album, I think, come, uh, came in close. Was the one that I really liked off the album, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. If you like this, listening to the whole album's worth. I'm, it. I'm gonna at some point. I will get it. Yeah. So. When Young is the next one. Giving Up Given is up. the song. Yeah. Um, They're very Irish. Y- yes, they are very Irish. Um, when I looked up When Young to get a bit of information about them, it said that they were London-based, and I thought, that cannot be right. They, they must be Irish. In the same way that the Cranberries were London-based. Yeah, in the same way that every band for Ireland who tried to get a bit of success in the yeah. UK is then technically London-based. Yeah. They are very Irish. I don't say that as a criticism. No, really of course like not. I, yeah. I don't say it as a criticism either, but through her vocal, you can tell how Irish they are. Oh, right without a shadow of a doubt and in a way that's good that you yeah. get far too many people singing with American accents yeah. they're not going down that route they're no. uh, very very definitely Irish sounding um, and it's just one of these songs that I think it's I think the song itself is quite Irish and I'm going to mention an Irish band that you will not be familiar with called the Frank and Walters here <laughs> who are familiar at all <laughs> the Frank and Walters were quite uh, jingly jangly um, but also had a wee kind of rock tinge to them mm-hmm. uh, back in the, the early 90s. And they're still going, actually. Okay. Um, their song was used in a TV programme quite recently. One of their songs was used in a TV programme quite recently and it got them a bit of notoriety again. Cool. Um, but this has quite a hard-edged guitar part running mm-hmm. through the, the verse. 
but come the chorus, it's really soft and jangly. Yeah. Which is kind of the reverse way that you would normally expect things to be done. Yeah. Um, and I quite like that. Um, I think I like the fact that you feel you're in a kind of indie rock, slightly edgy song for the guitar parts that yeah. come in and go just and leave spaces there. Yeah. And then at the chorus, it all just kind of goes to picking notes and being quite jangly. And I, I just like it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Good show. Yeah. Right, I feel like you've probably got quite a bit to say about the next guy. It's uh, Johnny Marr, Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr, Johnny Marr. Uh, uh, we just wear on this. The, yeah. Aye, well, Johnny fucking Marr then. Yeah. Um, I've got a t-shirt that says Johnny fucking Marr on it. Um, <laughs> nice. he's, I've not seen you in that when I work. Funny that. No. Uh, no yeah. I did wear it one day and I got sent home. And I said, this, this is great. I've been sent home work. But they, they said they weren't going to pay me for that. Oh, so that's that, a shame. Was, that was a shame. Um, do you have anything to say on the track? Is this one of your bland ones? Um, I think it's showing its age. Uh, like it feels like it was written 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Not in a bad way. It feels like good music from 20, 30 years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Right. What I would say about Johnny Marr is he is my absolute guitar hero. Fair. He is the reason that I picked up a guitar in the first place. He is the reason that I probably got as seriously into music as I did um, through his work with the Smiths mostly. Yep. Um, his solo work. He's worked uh, with everyone now. Oh. I looked him up when I was when James I was going through this. He is he has produced and played on so many records. He's just yeah. He is brilliant. From from what I hear, he is the sort of guy who walks into a studio, does three perfect takes of the track, and then just walks out, and that's him gone. <laughs> um, nice. But he's for me, he, he won the Godlike Genius Award. You know, the NME used to do Godlike Genius yeah. Awards. I don't know if they still do. He yeah. won that, and for me, it was the absolute epitome of a Godlike Genius. Just and let's just focus on this song in particular because I know I'm, I'm running way over time here probably <laughs> it's, <fine. laughs> um, it's your lunch break <laughs> well that's true that's true I don't know what to make your podcast a, you know a six hour thing I'm uh, fine with that if that's what happens <laughs> so don't worry <laughs> the, the thing about Johnny Mark the thing about this this song in particular is I think it's quite I could see why somebody would think it was quite dull up to a point I mean I, mean, I like it up to the point that I'm going to talk about which is the, the instrumental piece um, mm-hmm. when the guitar solo comes in I think it does it actually it's almost like Johnny Marsh speaking and he's telling me this is the most vital and important thing you are going to hear today <laughs> listen to me now otherwise you'll regret it and you'll be missing it on something fabulous and the guitar solo itself is nothing complicated. There's there's six notes maybe in it. Yeah. Uh, that just repeat and change ever so slightly each with each phrase. Yeah. Um, but I think he has a a way. Maybe it's the tone of the guitar that he uses. I don't know, but he has a way of making the guitar speak directly to my soul. And I know that sounds ridiculous and a bit wanky, probably, but. That's what. That's this is my podcast. This, yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. a pretty wanky place. Now. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I, I just I, I I find it hard to actually describe what it does to me because it does something more than words to me. Yep. Um, and Johnny Marr's guitar playing throughout the years has had a habit of doing that to me. This song does it as well. There are other songs on the album that I really like, um, but I think that solo sways it for me in favour of this song day in day out it's um, 
it's just a fantastic yeah. piece of Johnny Marr. I feel awesome. like you can you can hear his like musical pedigree in there. Like he's, yeah, he's properly good. He knows what he's doing. Aye, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, I've not really listened to much Johnny Marr stuff. Um, obviously, when I looked up what he was part of, I've listened to a lot of stuff that he's involved in. Probably Modest Mouse. Yep, Modest yeah. Mouse. But obviously, The Smiths and everything. Aye, yeah. But yeah, I was surprised that he was involved in Modest Mouse. But yeah, it's, I think it was only one album. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, uh, good stuff though. The next one. This alright. This one confused me. Oh, a bit. DMAs. DMAs. The songs for now. So this sounds like Ned's in the north of England in the nineties. And then I found out, I was like, what was happening? So I looked it up and it's... You, did you actually look them up? It's ha- like, they're from Sydney. Yes. They're releasing music just now. Yeah. Um, and I think fans of Oasis will probably like them, which is why I'm immediately like, oh, it's just nice. Oh, no, please don't associate me with Oasis fans. I mean, in 1994, <laughs> I was an Oasis fan because they were new and Let's face it, they were quite cool at the time. You, mm-hmm. When were you born, Tim? 87. 87, right, okay, 1994. You wouldn't have known what was cool then. My, my sister had Oasis singles. She's five years older than me. Right, okay. Uh, and I would, uh, yeah, she would like let me borrow the cassette and I'd sit and listen to Don't Look Back in Anger on Repeat. So. Okay, I'm, I'm going even before that. I'm going Live Forever mm-hmm. um, and Slide Away and songs like that. They, they were really cool. But I think we're probably getting off the, the DMAs issue, which is, is probably a good thing. <laughs> what I was planning to say about DMAs is that I heard maybe three or four of their songs without having seen what they look like uh-huh. and decided that I quite liked them. When I actually looked up a video of them performing, I was taken aback to say the least. It was guys. I've not seen a video of them performing. No, it was guys in. Matching tracksuits, baseball caps, <laughs> everything that I don't want to be associated with. Yeah, they look like you. I mean, you just described them without having seen them as as Ned, and you've you probably hit the nail on the head there. And if any of them ever listen to this podcast, they'll probably find my door and smash my windows or something. They like sound that. like the kind of people that want to smash things in. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Taken away from that, if I hadn't seen what they look like, yeah. I really like the sound, despite the fact that they are also from, from Sydney. I'm, I'm not saying there's a problem with Australian bands, but no. I was surprised that they weren't they English. They don't sound like Sydney, they sound English. They yeah. sound English, and I, I think that's probably a deliberate thing. They probably want to sound like English early 90s indie bands, and yeah. if that's what they want, then they've done it. And as an early 90s, oh, I'm going to say British music, um, as a fan of early 90s indie music, it's right on my street. Yeah, the, I just don't want to like them based on the way they look. It didn't work for me. It, I didn't. Yeah, they they sounded like it was basically the soundtrack to the people I didn't like. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <it> no, <laughs> nah, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like the people that are just like, oh, the only band I'll ever listen to is Oasis because they're the best. And I'm just uh, like, well, that's because you're uneducated and you're a Ned. Um, I will say I, I, had, I did mention that I had the Stone Roses at the top of my pile for quite a while mm-hmm. now having been to Stone Roses gigs you see a lot of people like that there that yeah. you look at and think I don't want to be in the same room as you <laughs> I don't, I don't like want it. you to like my band uh-huh. <laughs> um, and at, at times like that it makes me then want to not so like right. the band Yeah, but 
you kind of have to get over that at times and thankfully I've not been to see the Amazing Concert I'm not going to go and I'm see the Amazing <laughs> Concert even though I like the songs yeah. just the look makes me think the sort of people who will be there are sort of people I don't want to be in a room with yeah fair there's an Australian artist called Harry Hart who I interviewed on the podcast a few months ago yeah. uh, who's writing kind of indie stuff. He's Australian and originally from London, I think. Uh, yeah, originally from London. Um, he sounds kind of East End London with an Australian twang to his accent because okay, yep, yep. he's been there for a while. That's the kind of Australian indie I'm really enjoying. Okay. Um, his, it's a little bit... Yeah, it sounds like more modern indie. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's Oasis-influenced and that's what... I struggled with his DMAs. I'd, I'd actually put their sound slightly before Oasis. I'd put it early 90s rather than mid 90s, but I can see where you're coming from. You understand and that kind of time period of India a lot better than I do, so that's fair. Well, yeah. I think I was there and you weren't, probably, which is the, I was, the, the key to it. You were there and I was watching my sister be well, there. Well, so. okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the one thing I've, I should really say as well, I've spent a lot of time kind of rubbishing some of these bands and the songs that I've chosen, and I tend, to, I do tend to do that. I almost play devil's advocate with myself that I, I kind of, I put songs there by defending their bad points, fair, yeah. um, <laughs> rather than actually praising what I like about them. Yeah, uh, I do have a history of doing that. So yeah, keep well, going, and we'll see, we'll see what I hate about the next song. This is possible. <laughs> <laughs> this is possibly a good time to say because the playlist is on Spotify people will be able to go and find it and listen to it yeah so anyone who listens to the podcast can go find it I'll make sure that there's links for it in the podcast stuff so yeah yeah. anyone you, can then go and listen to what you didn't like about your own playlist do you have many people listening to your podcast um, it, well it vary? Uh, do you want me to do you want me to name all the listeners I, I was going <laughs> to I was going to say I, was, I came in with a pre-prepared joke that the three people who started listening to this will be down to two by now <laughs> you know that sort of thing Uh uh, I can I can name two. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's fine. That's, that's getting this out to two more people who might choose not to listen to it because it's on Spotify. But if you are still listening and you want a CD, send Tim a message if oh, yeah, there's someone yeah. to do that, and I'll I'll send you a CD yeah. of these, or possibly even a tape yeah, if you want that. You can get in touch with any of the the ways that I say at the intro. I'll and probably breach loads of copyright laws by sending you the stuff on tape or CD, but hey ho. <laughs> But that's what but we do around here. If it's just if it's just between me and the the two listeners, then that's exactly. that's fine. Yeah. Nobody's going to find it. <laughs> right, Greta. The next track is Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. The song is When the Curtain Falls. Honestly, I thought this was from the seventies. Like <laughs> the vocals, the down to the tuning and production of the snare drum. Yeah. I was like, that is from the seventies. Yes. <laughs> They're twenty years old, Barry. They're like children. <laughs> yes, I know they are. And <laughs> for how long did you think it was a female vocalist? I honestly wasn't sure. Right, okay. Because um, it, it was a shock to me when I found out it was a male vocalist. <laughs> um, I, I just really like it. It is incredibly 70s. Like you say, every single instrument, and even having seen the video, the clothes mm-hmm. they're wearing, ev- <laughs> okay, everything not. is 70s. But it's good 70s. It's kind of... I wouldn't put them in the same bracket as Led Zeppelin quite, but I think they're, they're aiming at that sort of thing. Um, they are definitely in a Led Zeppelin feel. They definitely are. Oh, you've uh, got a picture of them up in front of you. you know, that's actually kind of <laughs> late sixties looking there with that the hat and stuff. But yeah, um, th- this is going to be great for the podcast that nobody can see what we're looking at. Yeah, look at the pictures off them on Spotify if you're interested in what I'm seeing just now. Oh, God. oh dear me, what are they doing? They look like pictures that I found of my dad. 
<laughs> that he tried to keep hidden. Yeah. He said, oh, don't, don't look at that, son. Don't look at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of the song itself... That was pretty cool, actually. I, I really, really like it. And I think there are enough bands who do 70s-based stuff these days that sounds like a modern version of the 70s stuff. And probably not enough bands who just do songs that sound like they're from the good stuff in the 70s, like Led Zeppelin. And mm-hmm. I think this this sounds great. I love the riff. Um, I love the fact that it kind of just... It's almost just a couple of notes, but it keeps going and going yeah. and going. You've actually answered... Because what I want you to know about this, are they actually bringing anything new to that genre? No. Not, absolutely not. You've answered why that's okay that they're not. So. Aye. It's, it's because they're not trying to bring anything new. And I think if you take it in that context of this is just a band who want to sound like the good bands of the 70s, Fair enough. That's cool. So nothing new, but good. Yeah. So next is We Are Scientists. One in, one out. I think that's this is slightly different to what we've just discussed. So this is like this is the modern take on eighties. Yes. Um. And as soon as somebody says the eighties, you can go many different ways. You can think of the absolute dross for the eighties. Yep. Or you can think about The Smiths and mm-hmm. The Stone Roses' first album came out in the 80s. This I mean, is this more is, the sin side of it, though. This isn't it, copying there's, The Smiths. There's no question. This is absolutely nothing like The Smiths. This but, is like soft sell. <laughs> when I first heard We Are Scientists, um, probably about 2005, 2006-ish, yeah. they were a guitar-based alt-rock, whatever you want to call them, yeah. sort of band. And I got into them because of that. The fact that I've stayed with them... Is, it surprises me mm-hmm. because their drummer left in about 2009 or 2010 and they replaced him with a drum machine. I can tell. Is, yeah, but that's instantly, that's like instant dismissal from me, generally. Yeah. As a drummer, I agree. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but there's a charm about some of their songs that I find and they seem to have, despite the fact that there are synths in there and there's a drum machine, they, for me they seem to have kind of how can I put it they've almost perfected the pop hook yes that's it because the chorus felt weirdly familiar yeah and it's like I've not heard this song before mm-hmm. but why is the chorus like instantly I know this yeah and I think they've just written something that's like oh yeah this is like this works 20 other songs this is a formula so that works people yeah. like this so we'll do our yeah. kind of modern synthy stuff through the verses and freak people out a wee bit but then at the chorus we'll, we'll pull everybody back into something familiar, something warm, something cosy. Yeah. And that's that's what drew me in. And I can, I mean, I'll listen to the full thing. I'm not going to just skip it to the chorus and then yeah. skip all the verses. But I, I like it. And again, I've probably named some of the reasons why I shouldn't have like it. <laughs> it's all right. This one was one of the ones that was a little bit bland for me. Yeah. It's funny because it started and I was like, oh yeah, this is something I might enjoy. And as it was going on, like, and then especially coming back to it a couple of times I was like yeah. eh, maybe not so much actually when I got down a, about 30 songs to choose from for this playlist because like I say I made it CD length when I had about 30 this was one of the ones that I did consider taking off fair enough and I, I agonised between this and a few others yeah this was one of the last ones to make it in okay right the next one is Night Flowers Cruel Wind I hadn't heard of this at all before this strikes me as something you might like actually I really liked it yeah yeah um I don't know what to say about about Night Flowers really they are another female fronted band so yep. again it's positive discrimination it, it reminded me a little bit again of the kind of Will Fallis 
yeah. area. Will Fowler seemed to dominate that genre, I think, which is why that's the band I'm referencing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. I need to listen to the whole album. I think um, to give your your listener maybe a flavour of um, <laughs> a flavour of um, what it sounds like. I don't really know. I mean, there's a there's a guitar line that runs through most of it that's a bit jingly jangly, but underneath it there's kind of heavyish, edgy, yeah. but slow. I think it's worth mentioning guitar parts. that it's the last track on their album, which is why it's seven minutes long. Okay. Because they just it goes into a jam, but it's yeah. not just like an un- it's it's like they know where they're going with it. Yeah. But it's basically just a jam for like four minutes. Yeah, and I completely love that. Um I'm fine with it, yeah. Uh I, I mean I Neil Young used to do that. They'd get a ten minute track that would have a version of chorus and then eight minutes of just jam. Yeah. And then a version of chorus to finish it. And I They didn't even finish it with a version <laughs> of chorus. They just <laughs> no, they jammed didn't, and in this stopped. case they didn't they? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a really cool song. It's it's hard to say somebody's kinda less orthodox than Neil Young. But um, I think we're gonna we're gonna level that at night for just to clarify. They sound nothing like Neil Young no, whatsoever. No, it's a an English indie band with an American vocalist. Yeah, um, that's as much as I know about them. And this is the only song of theirs that I've heard. Cool. So I do need to go and listen to more. Yeah, uh, I, I plan to listen to the whole album. I've just not had the chance yet. I think if you like female fronted indie more recent female fronted indie then you'll probably quite like it yeah I feel like this is one of the bands that's probably going to end up with another one of their tracks being featured in a future podcast episode because okay. I feel like I'm going to look into them more and hopefully enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed this okay uh, the next one is Andrew WK yes 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 ever again right, I love Andrew WK I love him <laughs> so much and every time I make a playlist where it's like right there's going to be people here I'm putting Party Hard on that playlist Party like, Hard's fantastic and everything off that first album where it's just like that is dirty heavy rock well, every, it's great every, every song and it's got the word party in the title <laughs> uh, so you finding this one a bit dull not dull it's like it starts off and I'm like yes it's Andrew the week we're back yes <laughs> come on and then as it goes on I'm like what are you doing Andrew it's, it's almost a bit serious yeah and then occasionally it goes back to a riff I'm like yes riff yeah. he's, he's back on the riff no oh, it's a riff oh no no he's, oh, what's the verse again oh, it's a riff so it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think the, it's the, a challenge the thing that should never be lost when you're listening to music and I, I'm way guilty of making things overly serious there has to be a fun element to yeah. listen to music and Andrew WK's music is, is fun enough to everybody else it's, yeah it's, it's <laughs> nothing if not fun to listen to Andrew WK yeah um, especially that first album and Party Hard's a great example it's just fantastic it probably yeah. took two minutes to write oh, wow. but it, it just sounds great um, Ever Again isn't quite up to that level I would agree with that um, I think but, it's become kind of retrospective about things e- right? yeah, yeah but there's still enough there to make me think, yes, it's Andrew WK. Yeah, you're um, right. And for that for that point of view, and again, it's the only song he has that I've heard this year. Mm. I probably need to go and listen to this album and see if there is anything else on it that's better than that. Yeah, I'm I'm really selling this well. I haven't listened to anything else, so I don't know. If this I'll, is just this is the only song I've heard. I listened to the album, right? Uh, okay, and it was it was all kind of similar to this. I, it was fine, and I will <laughs> listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, just not what you needed it to be. Is that uh, yeah. what you're saying? I wanted, I wanted it to be a punch in the face. You want fun, and it was uh, sit down and chat about things. All right. <laughs> okay. Fair um, so the next one is Oddity Road. Don't hold me down. This is this is decent new indie. 
it is decent new indie. I got sidetracked when I looked it up because they're from Sheffield. They are from Sheffield, and immediately you think of Arctic Monkeys, which I can see you've mentioned there. And I went on a rant, and my and my notes are just about why I, I think I don't like Arctic Monkeys anymore. But uh, yeah, um, but these guys are good. These guys are good. Uh, again, this is the only song of theirs that I've heard, but it's because they are so comparatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found this on YouTube. When I was looking up other videos, it came in the recommended you may like this, mm-hmm. and I, I watched it. Thankfully, I watched it because it's great. The yeah. reason that it's in this playlist is because it doesn't sound like the jam. Now I'm going to explain <laughs> that to you. Yeah, I really like the jam. Yeah, this doesn't sound like the jam. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to, need to explain this a bit more. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it sounds to me. Like the rifles, are you familiar with the rifles? No. No, okay. The rifles sound a bit like the jam. Okay. For me. This sounds very much like the rifles, but it doesn't sound like the jam. Okay, so I see what, what, what drew me to it was as soon as it started, I thought, well this sounds like the rifles. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna listen to this and I'm gonna probably enjoy it. By the end of it I thought, I wonder if there's any jam comparison to be drawn there because when I listen to the rifles I hear the jam immediately. Yeah. And this, like I say, sounds like the rifles, but doesn't sound like the jam. I see. Curiously. Um yeah, cool. so it, it's not on there because it doesn't sound like the jam, it's on there because I like it. It is actually really but good. But at yeah. the same time it doesn't sound very much like the jam, but it yeah. does sound like the rifles. And if you don't cool. know the rifles listeners, um go and listen to them because they are very good. Cool. I like that. Um, right, the next one, The Cooks. <laughs> the song's called No Pressure. And literally the first thing I wrote in my notes was, what are they doing? What are they doing? Now, Tim, you have to remember I'm 40 now. Mm-hmm. I've reached middle age and I hope, have you got the Decemberists next? No, yeah, almost uh, next. yeah, almost next. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that as well. It's in the same bracket. Okay. It, it's very, very what I would call blousey. Um, <laughs> it's about as rock and roll as a wet tea towel. Yeah. But I had, like I said about the, the chorus of the We Are Scientists song, I find a charm in it mm-hmm. that draws me in. I can see you cringing there. Um, and I, I know you like to think of me as the, the bastion of all things rock and heavy yeah. and yeah. good. But yeah. sometimes I like something that is just disastrously wet and quite rubbish. And I'm I'm happy to admit that this song is quite rubbish. That's okay then. But <laughs> there's a charm about it that draws me in and I Fair really, enough. really, really like it. It's very slow and mid-tempo. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest I didn't it, get all the way through it any time I listen <laughs> to the playlist nothing, nothing really happens in it to be honest but yeah. I find it charming and they're a one hit wonder for me I thought Naive was a phenomenal song oh they had more than Naive back in the day I mean Eddie's Gun was a great song I feel like they had nothing that I actually liked apart from Naive I even bought the album based on Naive okay. listened to it and went nah actually so I'm gonna say, I think She Moves In Her Own Way was quite a big hit as well it was yeah. I didn't particularly like it but it was a big hit no, I but they did a song on that first album called Eddie's Gun yeah. that I really liked although the single was different for the version on the album and that bothered me Okay, they changed it when the, the album came out and that, that really bothered me when bands do that Yeah, I've, I've liked to you know, have enough faith in um, your original version. A song's a song. Aye. Yeah. Uh, and fair enough, when you're playing a song live, you'll know this yourself, when you're playing a song live, it mm-hmm. can develop and it can yeah. go to other places. Yeah. But in terms of, the, you release a single and then three months later you put an album out and that song's totally different Yeah, that's the album. It's a strange one. Aye. But, but in terms of this song, you don't like it clearly. Yeah. I think a lot of people won't like it and I get why people won't like it, but I just do. Fair. Yeah, it's fine. 
The next one's Jack White over and over and over. What a legend. Um, yeah. And he just goes on producing yeah. weird shit. That's it. That is exactly it. It's like it's powerful, it's heavy, and it's so weird. What are what are the backing vocals all about? It's every time the backing vocals happened, I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's gonna get a reaction, isn't it? Um oh, I mean it's just it's what I want from Jack White though. The, I want to be like rocking out and then be confused at the same time. Ah, absolutely. The riff is so uncomplicated. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned it in about three seconds. <laughs> yeah. It, Without even the guitar in your hands. Yeah. It, I, I was like, <laughs> okay, that's just going to be on an E minor type chord, just <laughs> fingers on and off. Yeah. And, and it is. Um, but it's it's so powerful. Yeah. You know, it absolutely, it, it kicks you right in the ghoulies. Yeah. Um, and like oh, you, well, you said about a slap in the face earlier, this does that. Yep. It absolutely slaps you in the face, and then it kind of pulls you aside and does the backing vocals and makes you think, where am I? Did I just get knocked out and wake up somewhere that I've never been before? Yeah. Um, curiously enough, when I looked into this song, it was written in 2005. Okay. Which, um, and I, Jack apparently never thought it fitted in with any of the albums that he was doing thereafter. He tried it apparently with the and Tour. He tried it with the White Stripes even. It doesn't fit with Rack Tours. you're thinking 2005. That's the ne- interesting. I think the next album after that would have been Get Behind Me Satan. Mm-hmm. which it definitely wouldn't have fitted on that no. or probably anything thereafter Icky Thump or anything like that no. might, might have worked on Icky Thump but he's, I'm very glad that he's resurrected it now Yeah. Um, because it's just a great song it is a, it's a kick in the teeth Yeah. when you need it and especially if you've just listened to the Cook song you probably need a kick in the teeth <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're totally right and this, this delivers it and it's just great and I, I would never pick anything musically based on the video but the video is great as well oh cool I'll watch that it's really interesting to hear when he wrote that and that he's chosen it now yeah. to come out because it's a really good song but yeah uh, the next one The Decemberists Travelling On are we talking bland boring yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we are yeah. I'm 40 did I mention I was 40 <laughs> um, The Decemberists are a band that I've always liked um, but by my own admission they are very folky very acoustic-y and I get why people would find them quite bland. I find it hard to listen to an entire album that is entirely acoustic. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something major there to keep me interested mm-hmm. for that length of time. And admittedly, with some of the Decemberist albums, I've found that I get halfway through and I'm bored. Yep. But every now and then, there is a song... Well, there's, there's always there's songs on every album that I can pick out as being songs that don't bore me, that are acoustic and folky and don't bore me. Well, acoustic and folky is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm, I'm fine with that. But this isn't doing it for me. Have you mentioned the Water Boys there? Yeah. No. No, I'm not having the Water Boys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in my notes. Water Boys and REM are the two comparisons. Also, the comp- they were comparisons made by Spotify. So, and I, I was think, like, oh, yeah, yeah I, think I see that. I can kind of see a bit. The Water Boys are quite folky. REM at their best I think were quite acoustic based like Automatic for the People would yep. be my my favourite album of theirs possibly Green but Green is quite heavy compared to Automatic but Automatic is very acoustic but there's enough there to keep me interested in it mm-hmm. and with this I, I don't know who I'd compare them to because they do 
they they go properly into folk. They do sea shanties and stuff like that. Seriously, <laughs> Why? And, uh, exactly. And that sort of thing turned me off immediately. Yeah. But in amongst it, you get songs like this, which again I'm going to say there's nothing new here. Mm-hmm. It's acoustic with a very basic electric guitar line over it that doesn't really interfere with the acoustic chord sequence it yeah. kind of just sits alongside it um, but I really like it it's it's maybe maybe it is the, the vocal melody or something that, that gets me I don't know with this but they're a bit too wordy for me it's uh, so bands like Idlewild do a thing where it's like oh. they just want to put all the words in because they like the words and it's like alright count but, down with your lyrics guys but Idlewild did a thing I'm going to go way over time here talking about things that are not really relevant but <laughs> Idlewild did a thing where they would take a word uh-huh. and repeat it in a different context and repeat it in another different context and yeah. it would be the same word like four times in a row just yeah. with different meanings of the same word and that did my head in it's like come on just think he's something different <laughs> come on you've, yeah. you, you've done that in one song and I thought it was quite clever but now you're doing it in like every song and it's no clever anymore. It worked and it worked once. It's not gonna yeah. fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. I'm turning into George Bush now. Um no, I've kinda I was into Idlewild when I was younger, but I've kinda gone off and like listening back, I'm like I liked them because I was also pretentious. And now that I've like I've grown up a bit, I'm like, uh I don't I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> we can all be better, guys. Uh right, the next one I know that we were going to talk about super organism. Yeah. Everybody wants to be famous. I have a few quick points on this. Point one, no band needs eight members. No, I agree. Um, it's it, I listen to the music as well. It's like, what are eight members doing? Like, yeah. it's not like you've built a half orchestra here. Like, what? No. And then, so this is exactly the kind of, and I say this in inverted commas, quirky <laughs> shit that Domino Records just has an absolute circle jerk over. And I hate Domino Records and I hate that they they sign music like this and right. make it famous. Okay. I'm done with my well, Okay, my, fir- my <laughs> first comment on that would be, is it famous? Well, it's Domino Records famous. Right, okay. Because um, <laughs> I've, I've heard this track a couple of times on MTV, okay. which I suppose means they've reached a certain level of quote-unquote fame critics seem to like it like the kind of do they the industry like it but in I'm what, not sure the fans are picking it up in which case I might remove it if the industry <laughs> likes it um, yeah. I'm, I'm all about Johnny Mars and the charlatans who the industry have completely disowned um, but I'll tell you what there is have you just written shite bags at the end of that oh yeah sorry yeah. I was uh, I was on my dumb on the record right now. <laughs> that's okay um, right okay I'll, I'll start by saying I've obviously never been involved with any record labels and I don't pay particular attention to what label a band's on I, I had a thing with Rough Trade years ago that if a band was on Rough Trade they must be quite good because the Smiths were on Rough Trade mm-hmm. and it never quite works out like that um, so that doesn't really bother me in terms of the song itself okay let's cover the members thing when I looked up the band there are two members who are listed as dancers now that just <laughs> need never happen in a not, band not a band member then no Bez was a band member though okay yeah. Cressa, oh. Cressa was a band member you have no idea who Cressa is I don't is. know who Cressa is but I know who Cressa used to go on stage with the Stone Roses but he was kind okay. of kept up the back okay unlike Bez who was kind of front and centre yeah um Okay, so there's no need for that, I agree. As soon as you see eight people in a band, you do think this is going to be shite. It's a gimmick. They're trying to be quirky. Yeah. I don't but need that. what I'll say about Super Organism is that 
a number of members of the band were in another band and they found the singer by the virtue of the fact that she was recording versions of their songs on SoundCloud. <laughs> she was recording cool. her singing them. Yeah. And so they invited her to come and meet them. And the band Superorganism was formed from that. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you why I like the song, and you're going to think this is completely weird, and you might not understand anything I'm about to say. Okay. But I have this thing that I hope other people understand this, if you're a listener, comma, S, <laughs> bracket S, um, can get this. Sometimes a certain smell can take you to somewhere that you've been previously. Yeah. Do you understand that concept? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you smell something that you smelt before and for like a, a hundredth of a second you're back where you were the last time you smelt it. Yeah. Like whenever I smell really badly burnt toast, mm-hmm. I'm in my granny's house because she used to love her toast black, completely okay. black, burnt to a crisp. And so that, as soon as I smell burnt toast, I feel like I'm there for a split second and I spend the rest of the day trying to get that feeling back. Yeah. Uh, and never quite succeeding. <laughs> this has nothing to do with smells, clearly. Yeah. But sounds do that to me as well. Oh, that's fair, yeah. yeah. And when I was listening to this, mm-hmm. I very, very briefly saw myself as probably a three-year-old putting records on my, my dad's turntable. Okay. And the song that I was playing, the song that I connect this with, is a piece of utter shite, I have to say. <laughs> Okay, cool. which, which is The Land of Make Believe by Bucks Fizz. Wow, okay. Now, there must be <laughs> a chord change in it that matches a chord change for The Land of Make Believe or yeah. some, something of that nature, or there must be a, a sound in the background that matches a sound that was on The Land of Make Believe or something. But for that split second, and it happened both time, both of the first twice that I listened to it, that I was instantly back there as a three-year-old at my, my dad's turntable. Um, and the memory that that brought up made me want to listen to the song again to try and get that memory back and having listened to it more and more and more I found I actually quite like this I think it's a very good reason to put it on the playlist Um, I can't argue with that at all Uh, it's not there just for that reason that made me listen to it more and listening to it more I found that I did actually quite like it it's one of these songs that again as soon as you hear it and you see the band you think I don't want to like this I don't want to be associated with this genre of music or that group of people (laughs) I'm definitely guilty of that (laughs) yeah um, but the more I listened to it the more I thought actually I quite like this and I do like to include one or two what you might call quirky songs Yeah. I don't want to make it just all indie rock or indie pop Yeah. Um, so yeah I I've given it the place on the CD for that reason. Fair enough. Right, penultimate track. The Wombats, Turn. Right, okay. Turn by The Wombats is a song that there's a lyric in it I really, really like and there's a lyric in it that I really hate and it makes me not want to listen to it. <laughs> okay. Um, and again, this is, this is going to be like Baz being totally wanky. <laughs> but... There are certain lyrics that put me off songs if it's something that I really cannot relate to. And there was a feeder song a few years ago, and I was never a big feeder fan anyway. Oh, I really like their early stuff. I Their early stuff, yeah, but I'm I'm talking about comfort and sound here. Um, that was that kind of turning point for, there's, for there's me. There's a song in it called Find the Colour, I think, which yep. actually is an okay song, but there's a reference in it to sending a text. Now, at that time, I didn't have a mobile phone. I was dead against mobile phones and I vowed I would <laughs> never ever ever have a mobile phone and the, the same idea that you were against streaming and stuff yeah, well, yeah exactly <laughs> and, the, and I'm sat here with a mobile phone in front of me on the table um, 
<laughs> sorry in the studio yeah, yeah and um the very idea that somebody could phone me on the train and you know i'd have to speak to them in front of all these strangers was just oh it, it gave me the fear quite frankly <laughs> So, um, I vowed I would never get one. Now, obviously, yeah. being a father and having responsibilities, I have to be able to contact people if trains yeah. are cancelled and such like. So, I have one primarily for that purpose. Um, but there's a lyric, there's a lyric in this about listening to Drake <laughs> by your best friend's swimming pool. No, <laughs> oh, that's there's a double whammy there. It's like, first of all, I'm not going to listen to Drake. It's the Nickelback of rap, and secondly, like. <laughs> Like, by my best friend's swimming pool. I live in the centre of Edinburgh. It's going to freeze. I live in Faldhouse. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to freeze it's in like, summer in Faldhouse. Well, yeah, it does. It does. And we had snow one year that was still there in, in May because we'd piled it up and the pile was still there in the middle of May. You found a junkie under it in the Melly. And a stab victim, probably. <laughs> um, probably shouldn't say that sort of thing. Um, but. So there's, there's only two people listening but that line would put me off it but yeah. the lyric at the chorus that says I like the way your brain works mm. it's a, it might seem a throwaway line to to some people but that means quite a lot to me yeah, okay. because that's what I find attracts me to people and I don't just mean like in terms of looking for a, a partner or anything like that in terms yeah. of finding friends and stuff yeah. like Tim your brain is ridiculous at times I- all the time, pretty well, much. Yeah, and I, I think you know his brain's wired to the moon at times. Oh, um, and I love that. I love that about you. You, you know, I love you, Tim. Oh, what thanks, can I say? I love you too. Um, so <laughs> I like what this has become. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just switch this off now. Right, right, uh, right. Um, yeah. So that's not been recorded, by the way. I just had. Oh, oh, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. that's good. <laughs> I was hoping that would be the case. Right, right. So I really like that line. Um, and that draws me in and uh, besides that I think it's actually quite a good song the, the Wombats are quite synthy at times mm-hmm. and quite keyboard based this is more guitar based which I obviously like I relate to that um, I just wish they hadn't put the line about Drake in there fair enough Yeah. but I, I really like the song yeah I really enjoyed this one I thought it was cool kind of laid back had a wee bit of an edge very nice Yeah. Uh, last one Bang Bang Club Melody now, from Sheffield yeah Bang Bang Club I first heard this song in the middle of December so mm-hmm. this is the last thing that made it on at the playlist okay um, they're a, as far as I can tell a brand new band yeah they seem to be um, again for Sheffield which isn't why I chose them but it just so happens that they are from Sheffield um, and it's one of these things when I was choosing this the first it got me from the first chord change the tone of mm-hmm. the guitars and that first chord change had me straight away. Yeah. Um, because it sounds like the Smiths. It sounds like the heavier stuff that the Smiths did. I know it sounds ridiculous saying the Smiths did heavy stuff, but if you go and listen to Sweet and Tender Hooligan yeah. or something like that, it's the guitar work is actually quite heavy and it. Morrissey's vocals kind of drag it somewhere else, mm-hmm. but the guitar work was quite heavy. And that sounds like that sort of tone of the guitar and that drew me in. It sounded a bit Johnny Marish. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I had to think, having just heard this, in two weeks' time, am I going to hate it? Or is there enough to keep me interested that it deserves being put on in my playlist? Yeah. Because it was, it's one of these things, I don't want to put a song on there and then two weeks later I'm telling people I actually didn't listen to that one. I liked it when I first heard it, but it's you know yeah. worn off on me already. So I had to listen to this quite extensively in a short period of time to see if it was going to you know, 
end up, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. I was going to see if yeah. it was became contemptuous, um, and it didn't. I actually yeah. found that I liked it more and more as it went on. There's, there's enough there to keep me interested that there's, I think it deserves its place there. I totally agree with you. I think it's a really good track. I think there's echoes like the Sheffield thing probably put this in my head, but definitely. Uh, but there are echoes of like the good times of Arctic Monkeys in there. Yeah, and there um, were good times of Arctic Monkeys. Uh, definitely. Not now, but not there, now. Are, there are good times. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's really cool. They're definitely a new band. They've not got an album out yet. It's just singles and EPs. Yep. Um, their their songs are streamed. This song that we've put on, Melody, uh, is streamed less than 2,000 times on Spotify. So they're a new band. Yeah. Uh, still kind of building a fan base. I think they're really good. Yep. Yeah, it's agree. a good yeah. call. And so, that's the so we, we end on a happy note then. Hey, we we both liked that last wow. time. Wow, nice. uh, that was cool. Thanks, man. That has been an absolute pleasure. I would happily talk to anybody who wants to talk to me about music for at least that length of time. <laughs> that seems like a bit of a whistle stop tour of of your playlist. Uh, and I think maybe next year we we might split this over too. Oh, because I feel listen, like we've not spent enough time actually delving into some of these tracks. Let's split it over ten. <laughs> well, spend, a, spend the whole of January just talking about it. I love it. Ah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, that was quality, though. I enjoyed that. Um, right. So I'm not normally at the end of the, the podcast. I'll like recap. Like this was the playlist, but it's 21 tracks. So I'm yeah. just going to put a link to it, and you can go find it. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. No problem. Been a pleasure.